Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. So good to see you. And if you happen to be new to CCV, I just want to say we are crazy honored that you would be with us this Christmas. But for all of us, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about how you can make Jesus more than just a day in December. I mean, it is true, right, that when we come to this month, the whole month of December, we're, we're kind of just focused on one day. And the question that seems to dominate our thinking throughout this whole entire month is a question we ask each other and we think about, which is what? What do you want for Christmas? It's not a bad question, but I think there's probably two types of responses, two types of people in this world. There's people that say, just give me something I need. And then other people say, forget that, I want something I want. I've been asking people this question all week long, so I thought I'd just ask everyone on all of our campuses, you can vote with your hands. How many of you would say, I'm the type of person that says, for Christmas, just give me something I need. Anybody out there, just give me something I need, okay. Uh, How about those of you that say, eh, give me something I want. Got it. I asked uh, one woman on our staff, I said, what are you? And she said, oh, give me something I want. I said, that's awesome. Uh, What'd you get your husband for Christmas? Something he needs. I was like, okay, I see, I see how it is. I'll give you a little insight into my marriage with with Jamie, my wife. Uh, She's very much, give me something I need, and I am very much, forget that, give me something I want. And these are really different things, right? Like I brought some gifts today that I thought I'd test you out with. You tell me if these are a need or a want. And the first one is gold toe socks, okay? These are nice socks. Uh, Are socks a want or a need? It's pretty much a need, right? And, And My Aunt Francine, every Christmas, got me socks. Thank you, Aunt Francine. Some of you are getting socks for Christmas. Congratulations. All right. Uh, Kids, I'll have you play along with this one. Uh, Star Wars Lego set. Want or a need? Squarely a want. Some of you you want this. Uh, How about the nose hole trimmer? Okay. (laughs) Want or a need? Some of you need this, all right? Uh, Some of you need this. Now, this next one, I just want the ladies to play along. Guys, you can be quiet. Ladies, the new Ping G430 driver. This is an unbelievable driver, by the way. Uh, Ladies, is this a want or a need? I hear a lot of wants. You're dead wrong, okay? This is absolutely a need because I've seen some of your husbands hit golf balls, and how on earth is he supposed to improve his driving distance without the right equipment? This is absolutely a need, all right? Some of you just judged my golf swing. How dare you, all right? Uh, uh, Guys, you're welcome. Uh, So this next one, I got permission to share from my wife, Jamie. This was one of my actual gifts, Christmas of 2020. My wife got me a digital weight scale. Yeah. Now I'm going to show you a picture of my face when I got this weight scale. And essentially what I'm asking is, are you saying I need this? Is this what you're saying? Now, to her credit, she's a great gift giver. And I think I was hinting that I wanted to get in shape the next year or something. But I would just like to ask today, could you imagine if the situation was reversed? (laughs) Yeah, you know exactly what I'm saying. I'm just saying, all right? Let me, let me come back to the question, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want? Now this is the question that dominates our thinking 
all throughout December, and I want to suggest today, maybe it's the wrong question. Because can I just remind all of us, it's not your birthday on December 25th. Now, I wrote that in my notes, and I realized it probably is a few people's birthday on December 25th on our campuses. So I did a little research this week, and this isn't everybody, but I would just like to say to Morgan and Anthem, Jacob and Chandler, Bradley and Peoria, and Brody and Surprise, it is your birthday on December 25th. Happy birthday. But for the rest of us, it's not your birthday, all right? <laughs> it's not our birthday. Kids, whose birthday do we celebrate on Christmas? I love hearing that, that, that noise. Across all of our campuses, it's Jesus' birthday. So maybe, just maybe, we should be asking a different question, which is this. What does Jesus want for Christmas? You ever thought about that? I, I challenge you to just maybe answer this question. What does Jesus want for Christmas? And the answer is really interesting. Jesus only wants one thing for Christmas. Do you know what it is? It's you. Cue the Mariah Carey music, all right? <laughs> he wants you. And let me be more specific. I would suggest what Jesus wants for Christmas is your worship. Now, when I say the word worship, some of you think, I don't worship anything, right? Because you think worship is for religious people. I'm not really religious, so I don't really worship. I wanna tell you, you're wrong. Every single person on planet Earth worships. Did you know that? Let me, let me just show you what the word worship actually means and it'll become more clear. Worship comes from the old English word worth-ship. Worth-ship, as some people would say, that actually just means to give something your worth or value. And did you know you were designed to worship? You were designed to find your worth and value in something or someone, and that means every single one of us worships. We find our worth and value somewhere. The only question is, is it the right place? And this world throws so many things at you that you can worship. It throws money, or a career, or your kids, or a hobby, or a sport. You understand when you show up to a stadium full of people cheering on your favorite sports team, do you know there's a little piece of you that's worshiping? You're placing worth or value in that team with other people. And by the way, some of you place way too much worth or value because if they lose, it ruins your whole week. You show up to your kids' events. There's a part of you that's worshiping. You're placing your worth or value in your kids. and not, It's not all bad when you stay late at work. When you try to get that promotion or get that raise, there's a part of you that's, that's revealing where you place your worth and value. Every single one of us worships. Where a lot of us place our worth and value, honestly, is in a relationship. If we, if we just had that boyfriend or the girlfriend or if our marriage was what we wanted it to be. For those of you that have binge watched Hallmark Christmas movies all month long, you know who you are. That's a sign that you're placing your worth or value somewhere. I'm here this Christmas to remind you, there is only one place that you can truly find worth and value in this world and in your life. And there's only one person that can give you not only what you want, 
but what you actually need in his name is Jesus. And when you understand who Jesus is, truly, that he is the son of God sent to this earth to show us who God is, to live a perfect life, to die on a cross for our sins, and to rise again on the third day to conquer death and to transform our lives if we would simply place our worth and value and center our lives on him. When you understand who Jesus is, the only response is to place your worth and value with him to worship him. Let me take you to the first Christmas. When Jesus is born and the angels appear, what's the first thing the angels do? They worship. When the shepherds hear about who Jesus is, they go and worship. And when the wise men travel from a far off country, in Matthew chapter two, verse 11, it says this about them. It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and say it out loud with me, all of you, and they what? They worshiped. To give Jesus first place in your life, to place your value and worth, your worship, with him and him alone, would that describe you? And the honest answer for many of us today is this. No. It just doesn't. Or you know, maybe there was a time that you would say, there was a time that I, I was really trying to worship Jesus and place my worth and value there, but I, I fell away. Or life got complicated, or I got mad at God because I felt disappointed in life, or, or maybe I felt some shame and thought God was disappointed in me, so I just, I stopped worshiping. And I'm just here today to tell you that God's calling some of you to come back to the only place you'll find your worth and your value. Some of us would just be honest today, and you're only as good as you are honest, and say, hey, this is the first time in a long time you've even been inside of a church. Is that fair? Like some of you would say, uh, I'm kind of what they call a creaster. You know what that is? It's like a CEO. I'm a Christmas and Easter only kind of person. That's when I show up to worship. And you know, or maybe you come every once in a while to church to worship. Would, would, would showing up every once in a while to place your worth and value and, and to worship someone, would that, would that be true worship? Of course not. I mean, think about with your kids. Let's say you told your kids, I'm going to show up once a year on your birthday to see you. Would they feel your worth? Would they feel valued? What if, you, what if you told them, hey, I'll see you a few times a year, but maybe you could just video me in so I could stay at home in my PJs because that's a little more convenient for me. Is that hitting a little too close to home for anybody? It's like, would, would that show them their worth and value? And you know it doesn't because you know that your presence is what they actually need. Your presence is power. You're present with other people right now, and what we've been doing in this service is worshiping God, and there's power in it. There's power in it. What does Jesus want for Christmas? Your worship. John chapter 4, verse 23 puts it this way. Jesus says, the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Why does God, why does Jesus want our worship to be primarily and centered on him. Like, does he have that big of an ego? 
Does God, have an, does God have an ego problem that he just wants your worship and value to be centered on him? There is no ego in God. None. He is love. And God knows this about you because he created you. He loves you so much to know that if you don't find your worth and value in him, primarily in him alone, you will be left empty. And that's where some of you are today. You feel empty and you wonder why. It's because you've placed your worth and value in the things this world is trying to offer you, not in the God who created you. C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, God made us. He invented us as a man invents an engine. And God designed the human engine to run on himself. You know, if you put diesel gasoline in an unleaded engine, it will break down every single time. And if you try to fill your life up, value and worth in anything but God, it will always break down. And that's why some of you walk in today and you feel broken. And you haven't made the link that you've placed your worth and value in something other than God. And I just want some of you to know that God has you here today to tell you, I miss you. Come back and place your worth and value in me. Why did Jesus come on Christmas? He told us in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I have come that they, that's us, that they may have life and have it to the full. That God could fill your life up if you just turn to him. And this Christmas, I want you to see the story of a man named Matthew in our church that two and a half years ago was sitting exactly where you are today. He was a Christmas and Easter kind of guy. Every once in a while he'd come to worship. And he decided to pivot his whole entire life because he realized what he had been chasing wasn't filling him up. And he decided to make Jesus more than just a day in December. I grew up in New York. I was born and raised there as a, a Christian, but someone that didn't attend church regularly. Kind of the faith part still wasn't there up through that point. And I'm like, see, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this and being successful. And one by one, I started really realizing the level of the stress, et cetera. So when we moved to Arizona in 2015, one of the reasons why was so that my wife could go back to school and, and get her master's. And towards the end of uh, the nearly three years of school, my wife decided that she wanted to separate. And we tried that for a short time. And then it was decided to get divorced, which was difficult not only for myself, but my children. And I know it was difficult for my wife at the time. Going to church and God both were not really in our lives as a family. We went to church on the holidays, typically Christmas and Easter. Definitely was not following Christ or being real in my faith, but still calling myself a Christian. My older daughter, uh, who was five or six at the time, befriended a neighbor who played at CCV Stars and played soccer. McLean invited Michaela to come to be on 
you know, her soccer team to watch how things went and prayer circles after every practice and the positive messages that were going out really started piquing my interest. And from that point on, it was like a, a, a switch was flipped and we started attending every weekend. For someone that, you know, hardly ever went to church before, and if I looked at, we go on Saturday afternoons, and if someone would have told me like, oh, you're gonna take your Saturday afternoon slash evening and attend church, I, I think it would have been like, well, that's not the type of Christian I am, you know, <laughs> and, and not take it seriously. Now, my week is not the same and not complete if I don't go to my service. Before he started coming to church more consistently and before he got baptized, he was more like angry and he wasn't as close with us. But then once he started coming to church, he seemed to know what he was doing instead of being lost and he seemed to know where to go. He's been seemed like he's more balanced in life. He likes coaching our soccer team and then also coaching jiu-jitsu. And uh, he's been a great influence in our lives. I've faced a lot of adversity and a lot of trials. Um, my faith is what gets me through every single day, no matter how difficult times are, because they're gonna still continue, and I'm in a very difficult period of my life right now but I'm able to face it because of my faith in Him. Everything that happens along the way, I think are things put in front of you where you make a decision and our, our decision is guided either by if we're putting ourselves first or if we're putting God first. And over just the past two and a half years of really being all in, I was starting to realize that and began to truly understand that and believe that. Now I turn around and say, wow, I've, I've been blessed all along. And he was there all along. Such a powerful example of, of one person placing their worth and value in Jesus. And the most powerful part of Matthew's story to me is listening to his two daughters describe their dad as at one point he was, he was angry, he was out of balance, he was lost, and he wasn't as close to us. I just wonder if you were honest today, if any of those words would describe you. Are, are you lost? Are you angry? Are you anxious? Are you out of balance? If so, Matthew wouldn't just tell you, there are thousands of people here that would tell you this. When you begin to place your worth and value in Jesus, you make him more than just a day in December, everything changes for the better. And so I wanna issue a challenge to you this Christmas. It's a very simple challenge. That as you go into 2024, you would say this. If you want it to be a better year, a different year, if you want your life to change, Give Jesus two months of your life. Just make this commitment for January and February, two months, you'd say every time I'm in town, I will be at church worshiping. I'll just make that commitment. Now it doesn't have to be CCV, you can go to another church if that's a better fit for you, but just go to a church that preaches Jesus 
and can pour into you and help you place Jesus more at the center of your life. And if you would do that, I'm telling you, everything changes. And I get it, some of you are skeptical. You're skeptical of either Jesus or maybe the church. And if you are, I just challenge you for two months. It's only two months, just come and see. Just come and see if placing your worth and value in something other than this world doesn't absolutely transform your life in just those two months. Matthew's an example that Jesus isn't just what we want at times. He's, he's really the only thing we need. And you may have chased a lot of different things in this world, but maybe this is the Christmas you decide, I'm gonna start chasing after Jesus. Right now, I think it's very appropriate for us to do what we've been talking about, which is to begin to worship. We're gonna worship here in just a moment. But first, I wanna pray that God would give you the courage to make a life-changing commitment today. Would you pray with me? Father, there's so many of us here today that need change in life. And we think it's gonna come from something else, more money or a relationship or something else. But God, you, you designed us to only find our worth and value truly in you and to be filled up with worshiping you. That's what we're doing right now. And I just pray for, for someone here, a, a marriage, a, a teenager, a child, a, a single adult, for someone that just needs you. Would you give them the bold courage to, give, to just give you January and February of this next year and to test out to see if you are not faithful and that you won't give them life and life to the full. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.